98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. Hong Kong's top court upholds male indigenous villagers' exclusive right to build their homes under the small house policy, but not everyone's happy. The Foreign Ministry condemns a Foreign Correspondents Club survey on press freedom in the SAR as an attack on the national security law and press freedom. And health officials say they found a patient with a descendant of the Delta strain of COVID-19 and warn it could be even more transmissible. Hong Kong's top court has upheld male indigenous villagers' exclusive right to build their homes under the small house policy. Francis Sitt has details. The policy allows for three-storey houses to be built on private land, while male villagers can also lease land from the government through private treaty grants or via land exchange agreements with the administration. A lower court had earlier said it's constitutional for villagers to build these houses on private land, but not to the extent of private treaty grants or land exchanges. The Court of Appeal overturned that ruling, a move the Court of Final Appeal has now ruled is correct. The judges said the small house policy is constitutional in its entirety and the so-called Ding rights fall within the traditional rights and interests of indigenous villages as listed under Article 40 of the Basic Law. They also dismissed the applicant's argument that the policy is discriminatory on the basis of social origin, birth or sex. Hong Cook Chairman Kenneth Lau welcomed the ruling and urged the authorities to speed up the vetting of applications to build small houses, saying some 10,000 applications are awaiting approval. The speed of approval of all these village houses used to be, on average, around 1,000 cases per year. And 220, only 200 cases uh, approved. So you can see only one-fifth of the normal speed. So I urge the government, please speed up with the applications. But Brian Wong from the Libra Research Community says the top court failed to address the discriminatory and unfair aspects of the policy. He says the government needs to carefully vet every application to stop the system from being abused, adding that officials should reject them if land is running out. The judge has said that the small house right means a right to apply, not an automatic entitlement as claimed by the Hernie Cook. Uh, it means that the villagers cannot build everywhere, everywhere they like. Uh, there is still a control and a, and a power to control law now lies in the government. It can refuse applications according to uh, the actual situation. So if there is not enough land, the government has no obligation to create more land for the villagers to build. The Foreign Ministry Office in Hong Kong says it strongly disapproves of and firmly objects to a survey of members of the FCC on the state of press freedom here. It called the questionnaire an attack on the national security law and the SAR's press freedom, warning the Foreign Correspondents Club of interference in Hong Kong affairs. Mike Weeks reports. A spokesperson for the Foreign Ministry said the lawful rights and freedoms of Hong Kong residents, including freedoms of speech and the press, are upheld in the basic law and the national security law. The office said, contrary to the survey results, the security law better protects the safety of the country, restored social stability and provided people with a stronger sense of security. 70 correspondents and 29 journalist members of the FCC responded to the survey. Just over 80 said the general working environment for journalists in Hong Kong had deteriorated since the introduction 
of the national security law. 18 said there had been no change and one said the situation had improved. But the ministry said targeting a very small handful of criminals for their activities that endanger national security does not harm press freedom or any other rights. Rather, the spokesperson said it protects rights and freedoms in a more secure, stable and law-based environment. The office also said under the security law, the number of local, overseas and online news media and practitioners registered in the Hong Kong government news and media information system had gone up. Asked in the questionnaire if they were planning on leaving the SAR because of concerns over press freedom, over 30 of the FCC members admitted they were considering it, while 20 said they already had plans to do so. The Ministry Office pointed to the small number of responses in the FCC members' survey, saying it was neither representative nor credible. It accused the club of walking away from its professional ethics. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. The Centre for Health Protection says that for the first time it's found a patient carrying a descendant of the Delta strain of COVID-19, which could be even more transmissible. Jimmy Choi reports. The Centre for Health Protection said the AY4.2 variant, dubbed Delta Plus, was found in an important infection involving a 62-year-old man who arrived in Hong Kong from London on Monday. Officials said the variant is known to be more transmissible than other Delta strains, but stressed preliminary analysis in the UK suggests that existing vaccines remain effective against it. It added that it follows up on all imported cases involving mutant strains by conducting whole genome sequencing to identify the lineage of the variants. Meanwhile, health officials reported one new imported COVID case involving a 46-year-old woman who recently flew in from the UK. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she's hopeful of a larger-scale reopening of the border in February next year. Timmy Sung reports. The CE told a forum that a fuller reopening of the border in February would allow the SCR government to organise some big events, including a seminar to mark the third anniversary of Beijing's outline development plan for the Greater Bay Area. She said various sectors are looking forward to travelling to the mainland without having to undergo quarantine, and talks between SCR and mainland officials on achieving this have been positive. Our discussions, as well as exchanges between experts from both sides, have made good progress. So I hope very soon we can bring some good news to Hong Kong residents. The government has recently tightened a number of COVID restrictions to better align its policies with the mainland's to help secure the resumption of quarantine-free travel across the border. Six catering associations say authorities should ease social distancing rules at eateries if diners are required to use the Leave Home Safe app. They say revenue will drop at least 10 to 20 percent if the measure comes into effect. Jimmy Choi has more. Lawmaker Michael Tian said earlier that authorities plan to make it compulsory for people to use the app when going to any restaurant. Speaking after a meeting with officials from the Food and Environmental Hygiene Department, Representatives from the catering industry urged the government to extend dining in hours for Type B restaurants, increasing the maximum number of customers per table from four to six and allowing restaurants to run at 75 instead of 50% capacity. They also proposed that restaurants be exempted from liability if customers were found to have used a fake Leave Home Safe app because staff may not be able to tell whether an app is real or fake. 
Online bookings for a third dose of COVID vaccine have opened for those over 60 and for other priority groups. Violet Wong reports. Eligible people can visit the government website and make a reservation with the first booster shots to be administered next Thursday. The website requires users to declare which priority group they belong to before they can make an appointment at a community vaccination centre. The government announced earlier this week that those with compromised immune systems, like cancer patients, can get a third jab 28 days after completing the two-dose regimen. The over-60s and those who face a higher risk of infection at their workplace can do so six months after their second jab. Government experts have recommended that people opt for the BioNTech vaccine for the booster for a better immune response, although the Sinovac jab will also be available. The Hong Kong Medical Association says those who are eligible for a booster shot should stick to the same vaccine maker as their first two doses to minimise the risk of unknown side effects. But the co-chairman of the Association's Communicable Diseases Advisory Committee, Joseph Tung, says people who work in places with a higher risk of infection should consider getting the BioNTech booster. If you are considered to be a high-risk group, high-exposure group, that means uh, you are working in the border, in the airport, in the quarantine hotel, or in the hospital settings, your likelihood of exposing to uh, suspicious cases or confirmed cases is relatively high. I do recommend those people to have uh, booster shots coming from beyond that. If their first two shots is from uh, Sinovac. A conservationist is warning that a plant in Utah Alantau Buffalo called Big Eye Boy could spark a turf war with younger males battling each other to take his place. Jean, sorry, Jean Leung, who's known locally as Buffalo Mother, says this is exactly what happened when the king of Shui Hao was castrated. Natalie Ching reports. The Agriculture, Fisheries and Conservation Department says it would try to catch a neuter big-eye boy after he and another buffalo charged through Puyo on Thursday, knocking down at least two children and sending others fleeing for their lives. The department says castrating big-eye boy will make him less aggressive towards the other male buffaloes and lower the chance of more people being injured. But buffalo mother Jean says the castration plan could spark pandemonium. If no king the little boy and another area grew up and then they will come back and then fight the area for be a king. Everybody won't be a king. Ms. Lang says when the Buffalo King of Shui Hao was castrated, there was a surge in scuffles among males in the area and she feared such scenes could be repeated in Pui O if Big Eye Boy's reign there comes to an end. She says construction of a sewage pumping station in Pui O is driving buffaloes who have lived there for two generations to seek new territory. I'm really angry. They point the finger to the buffalo. It's government fault. It's not the animal fault. Buffalo Mother says the best way to avoid the animals causing a nuisance is to protect wetlands where they live so they don't head into human residential areas instead. The government says the failed tender for an MTR property project in Tongchung won't have any material impact on its total private housing land supply for the current financial year. Ben Che reports. The MTR Corporation has announced that it's decided not to accept any of the five tenders submitted for its Tongchung Traction substation property development. It said the project will be retendered. The government says apart from railway development projects, its sources of land supply also include land sales, urban renewal authority projects, and private development projects. It also pointed out that its total private housing land supply for 2021 to 2022 is likely to exceed its target. 
Collier's Hong Kong's Head of Valuation and Advisory Services, Hannah Jong, says the pool tender shows that developers weren't very confident about the Tong Chong property market in the short term. MTRC, when they tend out the land, there is a condition that the developer also needs to share the profit upon completion of the residential development. So I believe, first, the developers think that the initial premium paid to the government at 5700 is quite expensive. But after adding all the profit sharing and additional costs, and then secondly, there is a little bit of concern on the Tongchong market itself, given that Tongchong was one of the very core residential place supporting related to airport or whoever traveling very frequently, and that population has been reduced. Overseas and the fossil remains of an early hominid child have been discovered in a South African cave by a team of international and South African researchers. They announced the discovery of a partial skull and teeth of a homo naledi child who died almost 250,000 years ago when it was about four to six years old. The remains were found in a remote part of a cave that suggests the body had been placed there on purpose. Homo naledi is a species of archaic human found in the Rising Star Cave at the Cradle of Humankind. Professor Lee Berger is a paleoanthropologist at the University of the Witwatersrand. A small-brained, non-human species. This is not a human. You would not mistake this for a human child, nor would you mistake any homo naledi. was actually going into these spaces with deliberate reason around the death of individuals. If this skull was moved from some other location to that point, that, uh, that truly is a remarkable level of, of interaction uh, with, the, with the dead. Finance and mainland developer Kaiser Group suspended trading in its shares today, raising concerns about a developing cash flow crisis at the firm as China's crucial property sector comes under intense pressure. In a notice to the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, the group said the suspension was pending the release by the company of an announcement containing inside information. Last week, ratings agencies Fitch and S&P downgraded Kaiser, citing refinancing risks. And the chair of Yorkshire County Cricket Club in England has resigned in response to a row over racism. Roger Hutton apologised unreservedly to the former player Azim Rafik, who says institutional racism at the club left him close to taking his own life. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. Hong Kong's top court upholds male indigenous villagers' exclusive right to build their homes. Under the small house policy, the foreign ministry condemns a foreign correspondence club survey on press freedom in the SAR. And health officials say they've found a patient with a descendant of the Delta strain of COVID-19 and warn it could be even more transmissible. A quick look at the weather. We can expect it to be mainly fine, cloudy periods in the morning and at night with a minimum of about 25 degrees and a maximum of about 29 degrees in urban areas, slightly higher in the new territories. The light to moderate easterly winds and the outlook. Rather warm during the day, the winds will strengthen from the north at night on Sunday. It'll become appreciably cool on Monday and it'll be dry in the next few days and cool in the morning and at night. Currently 25 degrees Celsius, humidity is 88%. The news from RTHK.
That's the Dutch band Pussycat with a track called Smile. I'm sure you recognise their biggest hit, Mississippi. As we enter our second hour on this Friday night of our magical musical mystery tour, Peter King with you through to 1 a.m. Love is in the air, everywhere I look around. Love is in the air, every sight and every sound. And I don't know if I'm being foolish, don't know if I'm being wise, but it's something that I must believe in, and it's there when I look in your eyes. Love is in the air, in the whisper of the tree. Love is in the air 